Well, welcome Auburn family to a great show today on the Own to Victory podcast. We have a special, special treat for you today. We're bringing on Keontae Scott, one of our better defensive bats in the in the SEC this year. Uh, looking for big things from him this season. Also, Coach Jeff Grauber, our uh, gymnastics coach, and as they get ready to gear up for to go to Duluth to, to prepare for the SEC tournament and get ready for the regional. So there's so much coming at you. And then we got our new track coach, Coach Burrell. Uh, you know, someone that's done some outstanding work at the, at the University of Houston. One time was a hundred meter, hundred meter dash world record holder and uh, and get to hear his thoughts on, on what he has. And also Wyman Hamilton, someone that's given to the Auburn uh, Foundation and everything to help support our track, track and uh, track and field. So we have a great show today. I have my co-host Justin Hawkinson on with me. Uh, does a lot of great things down in the Auburn area and uh, covering sports and everything. So people stay tuned in, tune out throughout the whole show. We're going to get this thing kicked off uh, with Keontae Scott right now. Thank you. War Eagle, this is John Cohen, and I fully endorse On to Victory and its mission to support our student athletes. Let's all do our part and join On to Victory today. War Eagle. Hello, Auburn family. This is your host, Jason Campbell, on the On to Victory podcast. Uh, today, are, I have my special co-host with me, Justin Hawkinson, and he will be bringing you the noise on the planes as well. So, you know, let's not even wait too much longer, Justin. We have a great guest today, a guy, you know, I, I think highly of, a guy that came from the West Coast to the East Coast, and uh, he's really making, making his presence known. And I think we're going to hear a lot from him this year. I think he's going to make a lot, a lot of big plays for the Auburn Tigers. Let's bring on Keontae Scott, everybody. Keontae, what's going on? How's it going? Hey, man, can't complain, can't complain. We're just happy that you uh, was able to carve out about 15 minutes for us. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a blessing. Yeah. It's definitely. Thank yeah, you, so guys. Just, yeah. So we'll just dive right into this, Keontae, because we know you got, you know, your time is limited. But talk about, you know, just the aspects of, like you coming to Auburn and and what made you choose Auburn and uh, and everything coming from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So um, you know, once I broke down my uh, my list of five schools and and kind of after going everywhere and and I think it was just it was crazy going being able to come up to Auburn and, and see the Iron Bowl and and feel the energy in the stadium and look around at people's faces and how into the game and how in, into the school everyone was and the team was and just that rivalry. Um, after seeing that, you know, being on the plane, going back home to the West Coast and just, you know, just thinking about that, like, man, like playing in one of those games, or like, it's just like the chance opportunity. And in, in as far as like the schooling after sitting down with the coaches and, you know, after building a relationship with Coach Etheridge and after all the time with the coaching, I just felt like it was the best decision for me as far as what I wanted to go and, and the place that could get me to where I wanted to go and, and have the coaching staff to get me to where I want to go. And the fan base, you know, and all the, all all around, they checked all the boxes. So I just felt like, man, this is an opportunity I can't pass on. And, and man, I can say that it was the best decision I ever made in my life. I say, what's yeah. up, man? Yeah. How you doing? Good, dude. I see you sitting in that new performance center, man. How are y'all <laughs> loving that? Man, I mean, this is something I like. Man, like I say all the time, it's just we're just so fortunate and so blessed to have this this type of facility with all the stuff inside of it. And, you know, all the opportunities, you know, and just better yourself. Like, as far as, like, the nutrition, as soon as you walk in, you're walking past the nutrition station. And then, you know, our top-of-the-notch locker room, like, you know, we want to get some rest. you got a recliner chair in your locker, stuff like that. So, 
I definitely the setup is amazing, and man, we're just blessed again. We're super fortunate. What's your favorite part of it so far? Like, what what's 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 maybe one thing that really like legitimately helps you either prepare for practice or recover or get in the right mental state? Um, I definitely say the the cold tubs and the hot tubs. You know, that's where I stay at. I'm, I'm coming in early, making doing good contrast. Make sure I get in both of those. The little walk through, and if I wanted to sit and chill in the cold tub, you know, because it's kind of hard to get in that cold tub. So and you you know get a chance to sit down, and you got something to watch. So the TV's right there. I mean, that's that's crazy. So just being able to watch some TV while sitting in it makes it a little bit easier. Hey, let's talk um, culture a little bit. What 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 are just kind of your overall impressions for for obviously you guys are inside of it most most people don't know what's going on inside that program since Hugh Freeze was hired uh, winter workouts what you guys are doing now um, and you were around last year just I guess what's sort of the vibe and the culture been like with a new coaching staff getting everybody um, and how does it compare to last year good bad different you know whatever um, what's it been like and, and how does it compare to maybe past cultures that you've been part of um, yeah, so I definitely think Coach Freeze, you know, he came in and he let it be known that the culture is, is in, in what we want to do is, is to flip the script. So that's something that he's constantly saying. It's on our notebooks. It's um, we're having meetings of, you know, every every team meeting is kind of breaking down how to, to do that and how to accomplish that. So just being able to, to hear that all the time and constantly and see him go up and talk about it and being able to take notes on the stuff he's talking about and being able to see how if you're listening to what he's talking about and you, you know, apply it to your daily life, how you start seeing certain things change. So definitely trying to, you know, flip the script is, and, and basically that's, you know, whatever happened in the past is the past. Um, we've had success at this school and, and the main goal is to bring the success back. So um, the main thing is just putting the past in the past and, and, and you know, going day by day of getting better each day and um, just not worrying about the, 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 keeping the end goal in your mind, but also just worrying about just making it to the next day and getting better on the little things right. So we definitely have been buying into what Coach Freeze is saying. Um, we're definitely trending up. Um, you could feel it inside the building. You could feel it at practice. Um, I feel like going into like practice four, we're all excited. We're all competing. So it's all, it's just all good, all good, all good news going around in the program right now. All good things. Um, talk to you about Wesley McGriff. I mean, what did you say? Crime dog. Talk to me about crime dog, man. That's, oh, that's man, that's my guy. That's my guy, man. He's, you know, he brings that energy. You feed off of it, and, and it's something that, you know, sometimes you might need on that that Monday, you know, coming off of Sunday meetings or, you know, coming off of class or something, he's going to bring it. So, you know, you got to match his energy. You never want to be like down because he's going to bring it out of you. So it's definitely someone that, you know, that wants the best for you and wants the best for all of us, like all of us as a DB group, as a team in general. Um so that's that's what I can say about him, man. This is, I can go on and on about Coach Crime, but it's just I just feel like you know he does his job, but he takes it very personal. You know he wants the best for us. He wants us to all you know accomplish our goals. So he pushes us every day to accomplish those. Um, let's talk about on the field a, a little bit. That secondary as a whole, you know, maybe the most experienced crew on the team. Bunch of guys coming back. Seems like a very veteran group. Do you do you? And the, and the rest of the defensive backs sort of look at yourselves like the leaders of, of the team, just in terms of the amount of guys, whether it's Jalen and Nehemiah and Zion and Donovan. You just got so many guys who played a bunch of football coming back on a team that there's other positions, I think, that have some question marks, but it seems like the secondary is maybe the most stable unit. Do you guys sort of take a leadership role so far? 
Yeah, I definitely think like like Coach Coach Etheridge and Coach Khan, you know, they 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 were vocal about that, just us being leaders in general, not just because it's, you know, a new situation, but it's always even last year something where we wanted as a DB group to to be the vocal people for the team and, you know, set the standard for, for the rest of the team. So that's something that, that has still been the standard and still been, you know, something we want to do. So I definitely think that with everyone coming back, we are able to like help people move people in the right directions and and people do look at us as leaders on the team because we do have a lot of vets and people coming back. So people come to us and, you know, have questions and stuff as far as our young guys. And then, you know, we take pride in making our young guys vets also. So our young ones like Kaylin Lee and then the guys that will come in the fall and the summer, just being able to train them up and, you know, all being at one level as a DB group so we can all move in the same direction. And you're playing mostly nickel right now, right? Yeah, so I've been getting some corner reps also too this um, last couple of days um, due to somewhat, you know, some stuff changing in, in the in the program and stuff like that. So I've been getting some corner in and um, switching, rotating through both. Yeah, is, yeah, you, yeah, feel, yeah. you feel good about that? Yeah, I'm definitely, you know, um, I'm definitely, like I said, I'm, I'm the type of player that, you know, it's whatever the team, you know, whatever whatever I can do to, for us to win. So um, if whether I be star, whether I be corner, whether that be both of them, you know, just want to do whatever it takes to get the team to win. But I definitely did miss corner a little bit. So being back home, you know, on that island has been exciting, you know, being able to knock some of the dust off. And um, I definitely think it's, you know, it's, it's definitely getting coaching from both, you know, from both the coaches. It's been fun and experience too. So I'm getting two top level coaches in my ear all day, every day. So it's definitely encouraging to make me go harder. Keontae, you talk about the island and everything, being out there and having a chance to go back and forth. That's what makes you, you know, we call like a hybrid guy, you know, that you can kind of put all over the field, especially in blitz packages and uh, in certain man and, and zone coverages uh, and everything. So I think you're going to be a great attribute for this football team this year. I think it's sky's the limit for what you're going to bring. But just shifting focus here real quick, just a little bit. NIL has become a big part of uh, college sports and to student athletes and everything. And we understand that, you know, that a lot of guys are getting hit from different angles. Talk about NIL, what it's done for you, and then also talk about, you know, how you form your own LLC um, to, to help benefit, you know, NI, benefit your NIL process. Yeah, so I definitely think um, NIL is, is, is definitely a blessing for me as in general, just to speak on my situation. NIL has, you know, helped me, you know, um, provide for my family in a way that I can um, financially in a way like, as far as, you know, making sure everyone's able to, you know, get to the games, just something small, just being able to, you know, and me being able to financially, you know, um, um, maintain um, in this situation with being far from home and stuff like that. Um, I definitely think it's something that has, you know, changed my life and, and it's kind of given me a little urge, kind of like something, being able to get that experience of, you know, having to deal with taxes and having to deal with, um, saving and doing stuff like that, getting a little uh, jump start, a head start on that. So, you know, with my mom being a business businesswoman, she is, she kind of has been helping me and working through the business part of it. So, like you said, I have put my, my name in an LLC, so I'm my own business. So I have to learn how to, the, now I'm on the business side of it. And now I'm getting to learn how to work business and still manage football at the same time. So I'm I'm constantly working every day to like, you know, manage it. Sometimes it is hard, but just I'm, I'm getting a jump start on it because, you know, the end goal for me is, you know, getting to the next level where it's even crazier. You know, if, if God, God willing, I'm able to, you know, get, get 
to that level, then it, then it all comes at me at once. So I'm able kind of to get a jump start on it. So I definitely think NIL is a blessing. Um, I definitely think um, I encourage my teammates also to do the same thing with LLC just so they can get that jump start and being able to um, get ahead of the, of the game. Um, so that that's definitely something, you know, my mom was able to put together and that was something I was smart. I definitely think after learning about the LLC and what the – the pros and the cons are of it. I definitely think it's something that everyone should get into every athlete for sure. Definitely with the NIL situation. Cool. Well, Keontae, we know you got to run. Uh, like I said, we got some more special guests to bring on here, but man, we appreciate your feedback and, uh, you know, going back with Justin talking about, you know, where Auburn is right now for his football and, and gearing up from NIL standpoint, but what's the one thing you want to leave our fans and our listeners that subscribe and uh, help support you guys? What's one thing you want them to know about yourself and one thing you want them to know about what to look forward from this Auburn football team before we let you out? Oh man, me personally, I just want to say, I thank you guys, you know, for, for everything you guys do. Um, I know sometimes you guys kind of play the back, but I definitely just want to say um, thank you guys so much for everything you guys do for this, for me and for the football team. It's definitely, um, it doesn't go unnoticed. It's definitely a blessing. Um, and I also just want to say that you guys, you know, get ready for the ride, man, because, you know, we all, we don't, we don't want to shoot short, um, but we, we definitely want to change some things and flip the script. So where are you going, man? Let's get ready to do it. Let's, let's do it. All right. I appreciate it, Keontae. Thank you all for right, coming you, on and uh, War Eagle, buddy. War Eagle. Thanks, Keontae. War Eagle, everyone. College athletics is changing, and the Auburn family will respond. On to Victory is the NIL collective of the Auburn Tigers, and they're leading the way. I encourage everyone to go to ontovictory.com. Hey, Auburn family, let's continue to make a tremendous difference in the lives of these student athletes. War Eagle. War Eagle. All right, Auburn fans, uh, like I said, you just heard from Keontae Scott here on Own to Victory podcast with myself and Justin Hawkinson. Uh, I said we have a great show for you guys today. Our next guest, you know, it needs no, no real introduction. Uh, you know, he's been a great coach for Auburn, uh, coach of the year 2014 and 2015, uh, SEC coach of the year. It's his 13th season at Auburn. Uh, Auburn broke so many records last year on the gymnastics uh, program in 2022. It's unbelievable when you read all the statistics that they have. But, Justin, let's wait no more than to bring on our great coach, Jeff Jeff Garba. How you doing, coach? Great. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good. Can't complain. Sorry about the wait a little bit. We know, try to get you on here. We had the – we're trying to move and, move and groove today a little bit. But, yeah, uh, no worries. You know, it was good. It was good listening in. Coach, talk about, uh, you know, you're here on the show today. You're giving us time. I know it's a busy schedule. You are in Duluth this weekend. Uh, you got the SEC tournament coming up, and um, then you're on to regionals. People don't realize how longevity gymnastics postseason is and, uh, and, and the wear and tear that the young ladies have to go through and, and getting themselves prepared. And then you as a coach, you know, like I said, you won multiple awards. You've done an outstanding job. You've seen the growth of this program. Uh, you have built it and, and and it has risen each year. Uh, talk about the great things you see from the program and then some of the challenges that you guys face because of the long postseason. Yeah. Um, well, it is a long postseason. It's actually a long season. We, we don't, in, in our sport, we don't actually take time off. We don't, uh, we work all the way throughout the summer. You know, you can't, you can't stop flipping upside down or you really forget how to land. So it's really not a good option to, to try to relearn something 
this late in your career. So um, not much time off. We, it's more management. And uh, and then when you get to the season, it's 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 really about health, you know. And like you say, you get into a postseason that's uh, our, our regular season is 11 weeks long and the postseason is seven weeks long. So it's basically a full another season uh, in, in the postseason. And that's where you have to be at your best. So we've done a lot of work conditioning and, and, uh, and drill wise and training wise to, to be prepared at this point. So, you know, hopefully we're, we're healthy and, and, uh, and firing on all cylinders as we go into the postseason. But, um, we've had some great success in the past. We've, uh, we've, the, the, the program has been climbing and, uh, I do think we're now at the point where when I first got here, I think our average rank was 25th in the country and, we're, we're probably in the top 10 right now on a normal basis. People expect us to be a top 10 program right around that 10 spot. And, you know, in order to win and in order to be in the, the, the elite eight and the final four, you can't start at number 25 very often. You, know, you, you actually have to start pretty close to the top. So we feel like a lot of our hard work has paid off. And, and this is another year where, we're, you know, we're going into a postseason and have some have some firepower. So hopefully we can let it all hang out. Jeff, it's a pleasure to talk to you, man. Uh, you kind of hit on it a little bit in terms of when you when you start. I mean, go back 13 years when you started this thing, and then you see what it is now inside of Neville Arena and the the show it is, and the attention and the and the support that you're getting. Did you envision it? Did you imagine it 13 yeah. years ago that it would look like this? <laughs> no, I don't think I can ever imagine the gymnasties or or any of that type of stuff, but. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I remember when I was hired here, uh, I was for uh, my, the, the five years before that, I was at University of Utah and uh, we were selling out that arena, which was, you know, 15,000, uh, over 15,000 seats. We were selling that out pretty much every night. And we, we, had, we had just got, I had just gotten off the, the best run at Utah since they had won uh, a bunch of national championships. That, that, that's, a, that's a program that's won 10 national championships. And my five years there, we finished finished second, 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 third, and sixth, and had sold out the arena a, a lot. So when I got hired here, Jay Jacobs was the athletic director, and that's one of the things he wanted to bring to the Plains, as he wanted to bring an excitement. He wanted to bring a competitive team, but he also wanted to bring the fan base. And uh, it took a while, you know, um, it, but it started right away. It's just hard to start from not much and to build it up to where we are now. So... You know, ever since 2015, actually 2014, we've been having periodic sellouts. But in the last few years, we've just exploded. So uh, I'd like to say I saw how it would work out. But I, I mean, I was just seeing that it was going to be exciting and fun and we were going to be competitive and people would want to be a part of that. I, I did not envision shirtless students uh, on the floor dancing to floor routines. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it that makes it uh, quite entertaining. Um <laughs> And it was, it's just wild. I mean, I, you know, obviously living in Auburn, it's become uh, an event to go to. It's become a thing to do, something you put on calendar. Like, you know, we got a plan ahead and we're going to a gymnastics feet and you bring the family and it's it's great competition, but it's just the environment, the show, everything. It becomes something people go to. Somebody's like, we got to go to a basketball game. It's really, it's really been uh, fun to watch. Yeah, I, I remember it was like 2013 or 14 and – 
we were just starting to take off on what looked like it was going to be a lot of fans were interested. But we had overheard the students section talking about like, this is the thing to do on Friday nights now. Uh, so I felt like that's about the time we started to arrive. You know, if you've gotten through to the students, then they can they can put something in front of their normal Friday night that we're in pretty good shape. So <laughs> um, last season was was uh, was one for the record books, obviously. I mean, just sort of talk out what that meant to you, the program. Um, and then maybe how that sort of catapulted into into this year as well, trying to keep that success going. But uh, I mean, that was just was incredible last season, and you and you you know you're trying to sort of keep that going there. Yeah, it's that that was a, a phenomenal run. Our 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 program and and all of the the major programs in gymnastics are built on longevity and and uh, and consistency. So. Uh, it was great that we were able to get to that spot and show that we can compete at that level on a consistent basis. We've been knocking on the door a lot, but you got to get through the door before they actually start to pay attention to you. So it was great to get through the door. We'd been close, close, close. We'd made it to the finals in 2015. We got close again in 16. Um, I really, you know, we lost two years to the COVID uh, time slot where we didn't compete in postseason in 20 and 21. And so the six years that we, from 15th to, to last year, the six years that, that we had competed in the postseason, we'd made the finals twice and we made the semifinals three times. So we really felt like we'd become a consistent program that was sort of on the watch list, but wasn't necessarily like expected to be there every, every year. And that's really, that's this year. The secret to this year and the next couple of years is uh, start, start to live up to our own standards and our own expectations and, uh, you know, I think we did a really good job this year. We've, we're, we're really in a good spot. We've put ourselves in a good spot. Um, but, you know, it, it, we've got six weeks left of seven weeks left of a, of a really competitive season. And, and uh, it's as much about this year as it is about building for the future, proving to everybody that when Auburn, when the name Auburn comes up, they're like, oh, that's going to be a really good program. Not like, oh, once in a while, they're great. We'll see which team shows up. We're, we want to be the team that they expect. I want to ask you about SUNY in a minute, uh, but but before that, I mean, you got, I think, seven seniors um, on your roster, if I counted that right, um, led by Darian. Just, you know, talk about the impact that they had, because, I mean, to build to build something, it takes, like you talk about, longevity and consistency and, um, you know, people putting in the work, and you've got seven seniors that have been doing it for four and five years. Um, just talk about what they've meant to the program and sort of the expectations you have and the standards you have. And so when you have those new people come in, they're the ones that can kind of help you set those standards, get to those heights that you've been at. What, what does that group mean to you? Well, I mean, that group's been through everything. And you look at, look at Darion, she's, she's in her fifth year. So she was here in 2019 and that was the first year of this new format of our postseason. It used to go to a final, the semifinals were 12 teams and the, the finals were six teams. In 2019, we switched it to add a Sweet 16 uh, format. So it goes 32, 16, just like the NCAA basketball tournament. Uh, that that was a she was she was part of the first one that the first postseason like that went to the national championship that year as an individual and won that won a national championship, won the vault title, and. Um, and then fast forward to, to last year, made a final four appearance and, you know, helped bring her team all the way to there. And, but sandwiched in the middle, 
we're, we're two non-years of COVID. Uh, and so I, I think that senior class has been through everything with this program. They've been through the highs, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. You know, uh, uh, in 21, uh, due to contact tracing, we got called the morning we were leaving on the bus. We, we had to pull out of the postseason. Mm-hmm. And that, that's for, for, the, for these seniors, they lost two years. They didn't lose yeah. one year like everybody else talked about. They lost two years. And that, that's why it's so, I'm so thankful for that group that, that went through here, got all the way through, led this group of young, talented people last year and now this year to, uh, to, to new heights. So re- real resiliency and guts. Coach, let me ask you a question real quick, uh, then just I'll let you hop back in. Yeah. Uh, talk about, you know, you have the vault, you have the beam, you have the floor, and then you got the bars. And, you know, all four are really tremendously, you know, challenging. Which one you think presents the most challenges you have to put the most hours in to prepare for? Hmm. They're all the same as far as how many hours you put in. If it, it, Depending on the athlete, you know, some of them have lower leg issues that you have to, you can't put on, put in as much training on some of the landings and stuff. So, so there, there, there's a difference between the events. Vault and floor are more power, more, uh, you know, it's a hundred miles an hour. It, it's, it's, uh, there, there's not as much finesse about it, not as much of a mental game, as much as, as much as it is a determination and get yourself in the right mindset. Uh, bars and beam are what we call the technical events. Uh, you, you have to have some, some aggressiveness but too much aggressiveness can throw you right off the equipment. Not enough aggressiveness can get you hurt. So uh, we all of them are different. I would say the hardest one, the, the saying in our sport is beam wins championships because beam is the biggest, it's the simplest of gymnastics that, that the girls are going to do. Uh, of all the stuff they do, the stuff they do on beam, they have done that for years and years and years. The problem is it's four inches wide, four feet high, and it's a head game. You're almost always comes down to high pressure. You're all by yourself up there. The whole arena stops and watches you as you try to not wobble on anything. So perfection is, is the, is what you're shooting for. So I think generally speaking, the one that's going to separate great teams from good teams is beam. Uh, the other three events, uh, are extremely important, but if you don't have beam figured out, you probably can't win anything. Man, I, just you describing that is, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, mean, I cannot even fathom how hard that is. We, we just talked to Keontae Scott, and he was like, man, what they do, he's like, that's that's another level. I mean, you're talking about a, a guy probably going to play in the NFL. And uh, and it's just, I can't even fathom some of the things that, that uh, gymnasts are able to do, specifically the beam. That is insane. <laughs> yeah, I think the I think the biggest thing, like I, like I played a lot of sports growing up. I was a wrestler. I did. I did, a, I did basically all the sports. The difference with our sport that it's just a, a, watching practice will give you more of a more of an impression of what it's like. Is there there is no there's no half speed. So training and and uh, and strategy and and uh, looking forward and and make, making good decisions months in advance. It's really important. You know, you I can't tell them, hey, you know, we're going to have an easy day. You're going to go half speed for your double back. I'm pretty sure that's going to be a problem. Somebody's going to land on their head. So uh, it's, it's, you don't get five today, you get one today and you better make it count. And, um, you know, beams, I, I think 
the untold story of beam is it's really hard on the body. You know, it's, it's 16 feet long, it's four feet in the air and it's four inches wide, but it's, it's a metal beam. It used to be wood. Now it's metal. And so when you hit that thing, when these girls are doing the flips, they're hitting a chunk of metal and landing on it. I think that's, it's really a hard event on the body. So it's, if they make it look easy. Our biggest problem is we make everything look easy. That's our job. But, um, but it's, there's, there's a lot of work going on making it look that easy. <laughs> right. Man. right. Man. I, um, I want to ask one question about um, a couple questions. About I'll throw it back to, to Jason. Um, we had um, a discussion. Well, first of all, big picture, what has she meant to the university gymnastics um, in general, from, from your perspective, what has he meant to, not just, the, not just the, the program, but the school in general? I think, I think I could even go bigger than that. I think the sport of NCAA gymnastics, you know, that's, yeah. it's never been done before. No, and in reality, nobody in our sport and many people outside our sport thought it was going to happen, even though it was possible that, you know, it wouldn't have happened without NIL wouldn't have happened the year before without COVID. So I can be really upset with COVID for wiping out my season, but without COVID, I don't get Suni Lee here because uh, she goes pro if if the Olympics go on time. So uh, what she's meant for our sport, it, the NCAA version of our sport, is immense. You know, it's uh, it's an international. Many people believe, and I I'm a true believer that it's the number one athlete in the world. I think the the the, the female who wins. The Olympic all-around gold medal, Simone Biles, was the number one athlete, in my opinion, in the world for years and years and years. And SUNY is now that. There's there's many great athletes out there, obviously. But for somebody like that to come to Auburn and to to represent Auburn in in a in a set of rules that doesn't give her a lot of an advantage, that's a to me a big deal. You know, she's she's it shows her how humble she is. It, it shows how competitive she is and it shows how loyal she is to, to Auburn. She could have jumped out at any point. She didn't. Um, I, I'm, I'm lucky each week we have her, you know, um, even the weeks that she doesn't compete for us or even the weeks that she competes to events for us, it's still, I mean, we've been in front of sellout crowds for two straight years, home and away. Everywhere we've gone has been a record. And, Everywhere we've gone, we've been on national TV, in, international TV. Uh, what it's done for the university is probably the same thing as what it's done for my program. Just brought a lot of eyeballs towards us, and she's represented herself pretty darn well. Yeah, and piggyback off that, Coach, I, I would say this. the You can do one thing when you're down there on those beams and bars and, and floors, but at the same time, though, the mental aspect of it, like it comes a lot of pressure if you're someone like Suni Lee. You know, you're a 2021 Olympic gold medalist, and then – like you just said, every road test that y'all go on, it's a sold out crowd because everyone's trying to see how she performs. Every home game is completely sold out. People can't even get a ticket. And you're talking about being able to perform under pressure. I think uh, speaks volumes like, you know, and not just her, but her teammates, because they feel like they all are held in one. They're all accountable to each other. And, and, and it's a format for them as well to have an opportunity to be seen at a high level. Just before I get to the NIL perspective with the one question, talk about how has it helped her teammates uh, being in that same locker room? I think it's elevated everybody. I, you know, I think I think it's exposed a lot of stuff. You know, there's a lot of eyeballs on us all the time. I, I mean, we knew that was going to be the case, 
uh, in our sport, social me social media in gymnastics is a huge deal. Most most of these athletes show up with huge followings, mm -hmm. and uh, and all of those eyeballs were on on our team. Uh, we've had a target on our back since the day she came in, uh, you know, because everybody wants to beat a team with the Olympic gold medal on it, medalist on it. Everybody wants to see that. She's had a target on her back, so uh, I do think a little bit of that, you know, all that focus and scrutiny does make you stronger. It does make you better. I, I think she's in the gym. My my other athletes are, are better for having trained with somebody who's at a level that, that, that I, I think it's almost an uncoachable level. You know, the, the, the athlete, the, 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 the person who is the most dialed in, the biggest professional is the person doing the skill. They know they're, what it feels like in the air more than anybody else. And she's doing skills that almost nobody, and in, in some cases, nobody has ever done before. Uh, so it's a great experience to be around that and to get better, to, to have those conversations, to see the courage that it takes you know, to do what she's done, not just doing the act, actual gymnastics, but going out and putting it uh, uh, on, on a pedestal out in front of thousands and thousands of people and taking chances and taking risks and that type of stuff. It's just, it's made the team significantly better we we've we we've had a growth jump up you know extremely fast where you know yeah. you know you know the deal it's it's <laughs> it's easier to you either wade into the pool or you jump in the deep end and right. sometimes jumping in the deep end is the best answer right. well coach we understand the college sports is changing and uh before we let you out of here uh everyone knows about nil now you know nil has kind of changed the landscaping of uh college sports real quickly can you just tell us what nil has done for you know auburn gymnastics and uh and how it can continue to help uh and, and help your student athletes well i think the the big thing is is i think most of my athletes have been able to to uh get some type of NIL deals and, 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 and benefit from it. Um, and I, honestly, I think some of them that maybe have not benefited from it, some of it's by choice. They just have decided they don't want to go down that road. Uh, a majority of my, my gymnasts are, are uh, on an NIL deal, at least one or, or more. And I think it's been really beneficial. You know, one, one of the problems that we have as a, as a sport, is we only have we have full full ride scholarships but we only have 12 and i have 20 athletes on my team so and and we don't alabama is not a hotbed for gymnastics so i have generally speaking six to eight walk-on athletes who are paying out-of-state tuition to come here and and we so if we have 12 scholarships i'm using sometimes 14 or 15 athletes on any on every night so it's not like the walk-ons are helping the, the scholarship athletes prepare. The walk-ons are competing at a high level right next to their full-ride scholarship brethren. And, um, and NIL is a great way to help fix that, that, that uh, discrepancy between walk-on and, and uh, full-ride scholarships. So um, that's, that's how I think the future is going to be for my sport is, you know, uh, uh, unless the NCAA gives me more scholarships, which is probably not going to happen. <laughs> NIL could be a real benefit to my program. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and has been already. Absolutely. Well, Coach, we appreciate your time. We thank you for all that you're doing, all that you're doing for Auburn. And I uh, wish you guys much success this weekend in Duluth as you go on uh, to play, in the, I mean, 
for the tournament and into the regional. So, like I said, you've done an outstanding job with your program, and uh, we wish the girls and the ladies uh, all the best moving forward and I'd like to say War Eagle. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, keep up the great work. You guys are doing phenomenal. And uh, War Eagle. War Eagle. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. War Eagle. This is John Cohen, and I fully endorse On to Victory and its mission to support our student-athletes. Let's all do our part and join On to Victory today. War Eagle. All right, everyone, you just heard from Coach Jeff Graba, our gymnastics coach. Uh, you can hear the excitement. You can hear all the details that goes into preparing uh, to get these young ladies ready to go week in and week out and the mental aspect of what it takes to, to compete at the highest level and also to to keep it constant. Uh, you, you have to have stability in this in this uh, in this field as well. And, you know, he's done a great job for years. It's reason he's been the SEC coach of the year uh, multiple times. And uh, we look forward to a great, great postseason for my gymnastics team. But right now we're about to bring in, you know, like I said, let's not keep him waiting too much longer. Uh, you know, our track and field head coach also helps out with 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 uh, cross training as well. So, you know, guys, track and field is a phenomenal sport. I love watching it on TV. You have the indoor season, then you have the outdoor season. He'll be able to explain more in detail. But this guy, he he also has a lot of accolades himself. You know, he coached for 23 years at Houston, uh, won numerous coaches of the year awards, also has been inducted to a couple of Hall of Fames. Uh, has a lot of NCAA All Americans, uh, so he's going to bring a lot of knowledge to the knowledge and work ethic uh, to our track and field, and try to get Auburn competing back in the top ten in this in this area. So, Coach Burrell, come on right now. First of all, you know, thank you for the for the wonderful introduction. Um, you know, it's it's wonderful to be here uh, at Auburn. You know, Auburn ha has a amazing uh, track and field tradition and history with, uh, you know, Coach Fry and Coach Rosen and the numerous athletes who, who uh, and Olympians and, and NCAA championship champions and championships in their own right. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, we, we had a wonderful run there at Houston at my, my alma mater. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to bringing some of those uh, same uh, successes and, uh, and athlete types of athletes to, to Auburn. Well, Coach, we appreciate you just taking out the time to come on. And uh, like I said, you know, you won so many, you know, NCAA. And then at the same time, you had so many NCAA All-Americans, um, yes. you know. But you also went into the Hall of Fame in Philadelphia sports mm -hmm. in, in 2008. And then you mm -hmm. also was Southwestern Conference Hall of Fame in, two, in mm -hmm. 2019. So mm -hmm. you yourself is not short of any 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 goals as well you know you've done an outstanding job and you once held the record in the yeah. 100 meters at uh yeah. at, at, at uh what 9.85 you yes, know sir. that's that's moving and uh and that's without all the stuff that they have now for his training mm -hmm. and everything for your body talk about yourself just a little bit and uh let our fan base and let the subscribers know like you know who you are and the platforms you have because you know you are a phenomenal athlete yourself Mm, uh, sure. Uh, well, I guess start my story, you know, is where it all started. Uh, you know, I grew up in, uh, in right outside of Philadelphia, uh, attended Penwood High School there and uh, competed in track and field. Um, you know, I'm not used to doing this and talking about myself, but, you know, we went, went ahead and, um, and caught the eye of uh, Tom Telez, the head coach at the time at the University of Houston, based on my performance there. Um, I won, won the Pennsylvania State Championship uh, single-handedly and 
then went on to Houston. Um, it was really attracted to Houston primarily because of uh, the fact that, you know, there was a, a rather famous track and field athlete that attended there by the name of Carl Lewis. Um, <laughs> and, oh, he just happened to win four gold medals uh, right. in 1984, the year before I graduated. Um, and so went went down to Houston, and and that that really changed my life. Um, earned my education, won uh, three individual NCAA championships, and uh, went on to uh, earn a, earn a contract with uh, with ASICs and competed uh, as a professional athlete for I don't know twelve years. You know that it all kind of blurs together right. at that point. Um, two Olympic games, uh, one Olympic gold medal. Um, I don't know, I think eight world records uh, between the relays and the individual events. Um, and then I, I decided uh, after I had my first uh, my first son, uh, you know, Cameron to retire. And uh, but during the uh, last few years of my professional career, I, I volunteered uh, as an assistant uh, at Houston. And, you know, remarkably, <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, they gave me the opportunity to go right to the head coach's chair, uh, and and uh, and replace my coach uh, Tom uh, Tellez at uh, after his twenty two years, I believe, at at Houston. Um, I never thought that I'd, I'd coach. To be honest with you, I um, I I had uh, the last couple of years. I, I I volunteered. I competed a little bit, um, and I was actually on my way to law school. I'd been admitted to to uh, you know, several several institutions and and chose to defer a year. And in that year, the opportunity to become a coach uh, you know, came my way. Um, so so I, I took the, the job, talked to my wife, took the job. And I thought that I'd coach for a year or two, kind of stabilize the program and then help usher in somebody else to, to run it. Well, 23 years passes and, and uh, <laughs> you know, and, it goes fast. And, yeah, it goes by real fast. <laughs> real, fast. Real, real fast, you know. So, who, where did that go? <laughs> and uh, you know, but it, it was fun. And and really, the last uh, uh, five years uh, at Houston, I think, were the most successful. Houston at the time, you know, when I went in, that that was kind of a big shuffle in uh, in collegiate athletics. A lot like what's going on right now. Um, Houston was in the Southwest Conference with. Um, a future SEC member, uh, Texas, and and then current SEC member, Texas A&M, you know, along with, uh, you know, TCU, Baylor, Arkansas. I mean, it, when, when the Southwest Conference was was pretty pretty jumping back then. Um, well, Houston got left out of that shuffle and ended up in, in Conference USA, and it was a big, like, a, a blow to the institution. You know, and, and as far as I was concerned, you know, I, I tried my best to keep the track and field program relevant during that time because it was really, it was a challenge. Yeah. Um, and we were able to kind of build it up and win a lot of championships and, uh, and at the conference level and moved up to the American Athletic Conference. Well, at first it was the Big East, you know, but it was about yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it was in the Big East. Uh, and then that fell apart. Um and then uh, you know, and a lot like uh, most of the most of the sports at, at Houston, you know, you just you just got to try to stay afloat and and beat the ones that you, you know, the big the big boys when you get an opportunity. Right. And we were able to do that in track and field. We, we my highest finish at Houston was second place at the NCAA championships, actually right up the road oh, yeah. in, in uh, Birmingham. Um, finished in top ten several times and. And I think through that, uh, when the opportunities started to open up to to move, I started to seriously consider them because, 
you know, I really felt like um, you know, I, I wanted to take on a, a, an additional challenge and compete at a, a higher level as far as the conference is concerned. Um, and it was at a time in my life where I felt I needed some change. Um, and Auburn came calling, and I'm really grateful for that. Literally, man, it's a, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I mean, I, I just think about how amazing that would have been to be a world record holder mm-hmm. um, in 985-1994. Can you describe what that feeling is like when you're work? I mean, you work for years in backfield. You're years mm-hmm. trying to build. You're trying to get faster, faster, faster. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine just a a lot of circumstances have to come together to set that record, right? I mean, you got a yeah. right day, right time, feeling good, everything's everything's right. And you set that record. I, that that's mm-hmm. just still such a remarkable thing. You know that that's basically what it amounts to. Um, you know that particular year, uh, I was uh, coming off of a, I, I think a, a pretty much a down a down year. You know, sometimes you can kind of go in cycles in 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 sports and in track and field in particular. You know, a lot of people think it's really, really simple, but, you know, as like when I was younger, I could kind of muscle my way through a lot of races. And I was a um, I was a good sprinter, uh, but I wasn't I, I wasn't a very solid, solid technical sprinter, uh, finesse sprinter. You know, a lot like uh, like Coach uh, Coach Grapple was you know, talking about in the um, uh, in with gymnastics. You know, there's some finesse to, to sprinting and. The year that I ran the 984 uh, and broke the world record in, in Switzerland, in Lausanne, Switzerland, uh, I think it was in July. Earlier that year in April, I started doing a few things a little differently as far as my training is concerned. We started training a lot more in the water and and uh, and I really got to fix you know some of my technical flaws there. Uh, and by the time I got to, uh, I think I ran 986 or something like that, uh, wind dated in April. Um, and by the time uh, you know we got to July, when the weather's great, you know the conditions are great, uh, and the competition was there, uh, you know it was. I thought it was really a matter of time uh, that I could that I could break it again because um, I had actually already broken the world record previously, like two years before. I ran 991 to set it, then lost it that summer in uh, 91, and came back and, and got it again. So a lot of people don't know that. You know, I'm probably one of the few guys who've lost it, hmm. broke it, lost it, got it back. Wow. And, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, the, and it's great. And I've always looked at the world records uh, that I held because we, I held a couple in the four by two and the four one. I was on metal, metal winning teams that broke world records yeah. there as well. You know, you're the world record holder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't keep it. Right, so, right. so uh, you know, I, I I always looked at it. You know, yeah, hey, it's great. I hit that high mark. It's a standard that uh, others can shoot for. You know, but it, in in our sport, the the epitome is to win a win a gold medal, and that's the one thing that eluded me in my career, individually. Uh, yeah, um, big picture, just in track and field, how much is how much has the sport changed from when you were in it to to where it is now? Whether it's training how these how these athletes are training and the kind of maybe the records they're setting now and the speeds they're running now compared to where you when you were doing it well well you know i'm not sure if you you guys uh, so the ncaa indoor championship uh was last uh this past weekend uh and i don't know how many records were set uh especially on the women's side of it but this is has probably been uh the one of the uh most uh, notable 
uh, indoor seasons and really one of the most notable stretches in the sport uh, as far as improvements in performance, not only at the very highest level, but kind of throughout the sport, mm-hmm. you know, from the Olympic level down even to the to the high school high school level. And a lot of it has to do with the technology. I mean, the, the, the shoe companies have really uh, boosted their game, you know, as far as, you know, the design and, and the mechanism uh, in some of the shoes that, that these uh, athletes are wearing. And in some shoes, it's been uh, tested and recorded that some of the shoes can give you a 15% boost and in, in, wow. in, in rebound off of the track, wow. depending on how, you know, your size, weight, uh, and uh, and the input that you can put into the shoe. Uh, so the shoes are really making a huge difference, along with the design of the tracks. Uh, coaching's a lot better across the board, um, and athletes are are doing some pretty uh, running some seriously fast times. And and it's not just one or two athletes like it used to be. It's right. it's really across the board. Um, I'll ask us one more, Jason. I'll throw it back to you. Um, you had so much success at Houston. Mm-hmm. How do you bring that success to Auburn? I think a lot of people listening, you know, let's say a lot of people mm-hmm. understand maybe football, right? They know you yeah. got to recruit and mm-hmm. you got to, maybe it's a strength program or maybe it's mm-hmm. a culture. They kind of get that. How does it work in track when you're trying to bring success after Houston to Auburn, obviously good athletes, but what are the things that you're doing to, to elevate the program that people don't see? Maybe how do you, how do you build it to that level? Well, you know, it all starts with the with the athletes. It starts with the people. You you got to go get get uh, the people who can you know run fast, you know, throw far and jump high. You know, um, <laughs> so so yeah. that's in the simplest uh, simplest form. Sure. You know, I, I I tell people sometimes, you know, you can you can uh, you, you can make a a fast mule, but you can't make a mule fast. You know, so, so, so you you uh, you got to go get some talented uh, people. Um, the uh, the Southeastern Conference is the the best track and field, uh, best collection of track and field athletes in the world. Um, you know, at, at all of our sister institutions, and and so you have to go out and compete against them. You know, the challenge is, uh, and it, I think this is something that we're seeing throughout sports, not not just uh, just track and field is that if you want to compete at the highest level, you have to have a certain amount of uh, athletic age. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, you hear, hear football coaches talk and basketball coach for that matter, talking about, you know, they want, they want some older athletes and track and run, you want older athletes too, because they've got some training age under their belt. They understand, you know, the nuances of the sport, you know, the training, how to manage their lives, the whole, whole nine, you know, so you, you have to try to compete uh, either in one, in my opinion, in one or two realms, you got to go, get the absolute best uh, high school athletes. And that's really throughout the world. We recruit worldwide. Uh, Or you got to go get uh, some athletes who have a couple of uh, years under their belt, yet um, their previous circumstance didn't match them or whatever the case may be. You know, a lot of times the circumstance was just fine. It was just the athlete in their head thought that there was something more out there. And they they change uh, venues and they realize, hey, you know, it is me and they're cornered. They have to do what they have to do to make it happen. You know, and so then they put extra commitment to to getting it done. But you have to either way, you got to go find those people and then you got to manage them. You know, you got to get them the support they need, the resources that they need, uh, put them in the right competitive environments, manage, you know, their training uh, and then, you know, work on developing uh, a culture that is conducive to whatever your organizational goals are. 
know, we're trying to build a championship culture here that uh, goes after team uh, titles. So that means a lot of uh, selflessness as far as our athletes are concerned. You know, some places uh, you you might worry a little bit more about uh, how your athletes are going to uh, perform uh, on an individual basis, not just put the collection together to work together. Um, but we're, I'm a, I like trophies and rings. And so <laughs> you, you get those by winning team titles. So, uh, so that's what I'm, we're trying to do here. Uh, but I, I will admit it's a bit of a challenge. We're kind of wedged in a pretty difficult, uh, situation a lot like, um, our football and basketball programs and really probably all, all the programs here, uh, you know, because Alabama is a, a wonderful state, great sports state, but the population is a little small. <laughs> um, right. So you got to go go find people everywhere, and, and those people are being recruited by everyone. Yeah, Coach, and uh, feedback off that question that Justin just asked, you know, just thinking about from an NIL perspective and, and all these different aspects that come on, you know, there's a guy that we're about to bring on now, you, mm-hmm. know, you know, that plays a pivotal role, you know, in, yes. in the track space in this. And, you know, we bring him on in here in one second. Mm-hmm. But before we get to him, you also help out in cross country. And yes, can you speak a little bit of the cross country and then we'll bring our, bring our guy on? Well, you know, it's kind of funny because we call this a uh, track and field program, but really it's a running, throwing, jumping sports program because mm-hmm. in the fall, you know, our track athletes are cro- the cross-country team. All right. Then we roll into uh, the, the greater track and field program uh, with the sprinters, jumpers, throwers, um, and some athletes who do a little bit of everything mm-hmm. uh, and then finish out the year that way. Um, but oftentimes, you know, we're, we, a lot of people don't know this, but – yeah, I'm in charge of six teams, <laughs> uh, men's and women's cross country, indoor track and field and outdoor track and field. And they all have their own distinctive nuances. And and so we've uh, basically come have a strategy that we're going to try to build our, our cross country program to make it uh so we they can they can contribute to the track and field side of things, but we feel like we can put together a nice squad of track and field athletes. A, a lot like what what Jim said, um, a lot with, with what they were talking about in the, in gymnastics, excuse me, by using helping getting some help through through on the victory and the NIL collective uh, to help build this strength in our track and field. I'm sorry, our cross country program, and uh, you know, and we're, we're fortunate that I guess our, our guest is going to be on to who helped us with this quite a bit. Right. And uh, like leading up to that, I, I guess let's not wait him, let him wait any longer. I know he's probably been itching to get in here and we've been wanting mm-hmm. to get him in here. But we want to make sure that all our fans and subscribers understand the role that you're playing in our track and field and just hear about, about the behind the scenes, you know, all the different things that take place. Because I don't think not too many people understand that a track coach has a whole bunch of teams that he has to coach, which mm-hmm. requires a lot of travel and it requires a lot of practice and, and mm-hmm. different things. And they have to bring it all together, you know, to, to put it out there for that to have success. You know, a lot goes along with it. So we thank you, Coach, and we're going to bring in Wyman to, and uh, to talk a little bit as well with you. Mm-hmm. So people no longer wait. We're going to bring in Wyman Hamilton. I don't know where his face is right now. Maybe we'll get his voice. Maybe he's hiding from us today. He don't want us to see his face. He hadn't shaved or something. We don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If, I, if I showed my grill, man. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I tried. I, I tried to get the camera going on my computer. I apologize. I, I'm, I'm probably doing something wrong. Hey, it's, it's okay. It's okay. okay. Not a problem. 
technical yeah. problems. You know, it happens. <laughs> you know, see, I, I've got an IT guy over here. There you go. <laughs> Making sure it all works. So, hey, listen, uh, I'll, let me let me just say this real quick because Coach Burrell's being humble. He talked about what it <laughs> takes to build a championship culture and our team, and he talked about bringing in good athletes and the culture you got to build. And he 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 didn't mention that you also got to bring in the best coaches, and mm -hmm. uh, that's what Auburn did with Coach Burrell, and then what Coach Burrell did with all those different things that he said, have, you know, between the field events and distance running and sprints and all that, you, you got to bring in the best, the best uh, supporting cast too to yeah. coach him. And he's done an incredible job bringing it in, bringing in a great supporting cast as well. So it's a, it's a bright future ahead for sure. Right. That's all. That's, that's right. And um, while I'm going to talk about this, you know, you was a former, you know, Auburn graduate and, uh, and ran and ran here at Auburn. And also, you know, you have some other endeavors that we're going to dive into here in just a second. But talk about the importance. You know, you made a charity donation, uh, you know, to the to, to the Auburn track. And why it was so important for you to do that and continue to help, you know, coach here as you've tried to build this program to championship level. Yeah, for sure. So I I, I, I ran uh, track track for Auburn for Coach Burrell's predecessor, Coach Spry. And I, it was way back when I uh, when you were throwing the football for Auburn. So um <laughs> It, it, a, lot, a few years ago, yeah, uh, found but, sound old. We're getting there. We're getting there. Um, but but always been interested in the program and and, and its success and, and what it needed and and you know the avenues really to help with that are are, are, are through Tigers Unlimited and now also on to victory in the NIL program and um and, and I think I think both are so important and 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 uh, it's exciting to see how it's developed. Uh, uh, I know we're kind of in the early stages, really, as a, 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 the NCAA in, in general is in the early stages of what, how NIL fits in. But uh, I, I, you guys have done a tremendous job with that. When I was there, and I, they talked about it a little bit, the gymnastics coach talked about it a little bit as well, right? There's only so many mm -hmm. scholarships to go around. And I remember being there, and there'd be kids that, uh, you know, uh, paying out-of-state tuition, trying to, trying to keep their grades up, trying to compete, trying to go to practice. And they would have to go to a uh, have to go to uh, and work three or four hours in the evening at a you know sub shop or something. Uh, to and that's hard to do. That's real hard to do. Right. Um, and uh, and and so having an avenue uh, for uh, for them to to earn uh, earn earn some extra uh, earn some dollars and and, uh, and and help out the community and also uh, support them. I, it, it seems like a win-win for everybody. And as soon as I, as soon as I heard about it, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be a part of helping, uh, helping support the program again, both, both uh, through, uh, through Tigers Unlimited and that side of it and, 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 and what uh, supporting the needs of the, um, of the team, but also on the NIL side as well uh, and, and, and uh, supporting the athletes that way. And coach, when you hear that, you know, you get that type of support. Talk about what it means, you know, for a coach to have the support, um, like like someone like Wyman Hamilton supporting your program. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, I wasn't. Um, well, first of all, on my, my, my first visit here, I met uh, a couple of folks who, who really wanted to uh, support the program. Uh, and then uh, I was uh, linked up with uh, with Wyman. Um, really early as, as a matter of fact i think wyman sent me an email um one of the first emails i received as with my auburn email address was from from wyman and uh, and uh, and, I, and i replied back and, and i think we we had an opportunity to chat and you know he he discussed with me some of the uh vision he he had 
uh, for the program and how he wanted to support uh, our athletes uh, in the manner that he discussed a few moments ago. Uh, and we really struck up a, you know, a great relationship. Um, you know, and and, and uh, Wyman, uh, quite honestly, gave me a vote of confidence, uh, you know, among uh, the alum, because, you know, there's, there's all, I wouldn't say a little riff, but, you know, you got your, your sprint group, your throws group. And you know, I guess on the football team, you know, you got the linemen and, you know, they get certain, right. uh, you got the quarterback, you're a quarterback. So you know, everybody's a quarterback. <laughs> always get special treatment, you know. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes, you know, we get special treatment. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah. but, you know, hey, hey, you know, with, 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 with a lot of promise, you know, comes a lot of, a lot of prize, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you, you, uh, and, and Wyman, Wyman and I, we had a, a, a long discussion. I actually uh, drove down uh, to Columbus to visit a, you know, facility, uh, one of his facilities, uh, Legacy Reserve down there, and and he showed me around and, and, and all of the wonderful things that they do for their community, uh, their senior community there, um, and 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 basically told me he wanted to wanted to help try to help me build the program, you know, in any way he can, and, and we've. Uh, chatted on numerous occasions. Uh, you know, we met down in Birmingham. I think it was about four weeks ago, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and and he's done a tremendous uh, uh, job and and really uh, made a commitment to support our athletes. And 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 we're gonna do everything we can uh, to bring the that vision uh, and to to fruition and really uh, capitalize on on the support you know that that he's given us. So you know, I'm really excited to have. Uh, have a a, a, a a true uh auburn tiger uh in uh in, in on our in our camp and, and supporting us and, and so i'd like to thank you Wyman, for everything you've done thus far absolutely yeah Wyman. and uh before we let you out of here you know people need to know that you are a co-founder and the ceo of atlas senior living and uh mm-hmm. i know you're kind of around my age and <laughs> and everything and i think that's the, i think that's the reason you're hiding out that they won't let us see your right. face you know you know you, we're not quite there yet but you know one day hopefully we hey, will yeah. hey jason if, if god blesses to get to that point right. we want to go down to columbus and hey, stay yeah. in the facility trust sure. me <laughs> That, it, that. Is, it is a very it's amazing amazing I, and that's the only one i've been to so i'm just thinking mm-hmm. wow this is one yeah. what did the rest of them look like and and so and and you know why being you know, he, he tried telling my story and how modest i am you know he's um he told me his story how he getting got involved and and um you know i don't think uh i've met a person with more compassion uh for uh for the elderly and and in in mm-hmm. my life and you know, if I had my way, uh, you know, I have a, you know, 80, 86 year old mother back in Houston that, that uh, I would love to, to, uh, to be eight, have access to, uh, you know, facility that Wyman runs because he does an excellent job. His company is amazing. And, and uh, I don't, you know, there, there's some people who do some jobs that no, people don't really know how important they are. Well, you know, you know, taking care of our, our parents and grandparents oh, yeah. is, is important. Yeah. And, and Wyman does it, make sure that happens in his facility. Bro, we appreciate it. Justin, uh, we won't leave you over there. I know you, uh, you know, you had some questions earlier. Do you have any question for a coach before he gets off or our, our Mr. Wyman Hamilton? Um, I don't think so, man. I guess just what's next and what's, what's, what's coming up, Leroy, make sure fans are, are in tune with, uh, with what you guys got going on now and um, in this, in the next few months. Well, it's funny you should mention that, you know, we have a home meet this weekend. Um, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. We uh, we get uh, kicked off with the Tiger Track Classic on uh, Friday and Saturday. Unfortunately, it looks like the you know, it's going to the weather's going to be a little dicey uh, this weekend. Uh, but one or two uh, home events, um, and of course, we'll move on to uh, another meet down at uh, Florida State the following weekend, and then then uh, over to uh, the Texas Relay. So really, it's weekend and week out. Um, you know, real, feeling really good about uh, where we are with our with our team. Kind of that you know hit a little bit of a, a pothole or two with the at the NCAA championships this past weekend, but we feel like we got a really solid men's team and and some you know solid athletes uh primarily in the field uh on uh, on the women's side uh but we think that we can we can be real competitive uh this season especially as an outdoor team rolling into the conference championship uh in uh, in may awesome cool well, appreciate it guys thank y'all for coming on wyvin you the mysterious man today with the voice <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see you at the plane sometime soon and, and probably get you back on the show later this year along with coach and coach thank you for all you're doing um i know you guys just finished indoor getting ready for outdoor mm-hmm. and uh you know hopefully some of this cold weather i kind of ease out of here and, and, and get ready for track because i always wonder what do you do as a track coach and a player when it's so cold outside and you still got to run these, uh, how do you keep your body warm? You, you just got to keep going. You got to put it out of your head. What I mean, I mean, you guys, you guys play playing this. Well, this is the Southeast Conference, so it probably doesn't doesn't get uh, South Southeastern Conference, so it doesn't, doesn't get too cold in November. But you know, I'm sure you've had a few in your day. Yeah, but it's one thing you out for three, four, five plays in a series. You back out there of a track. You run yeah. in early in this. You may run early that day. Then your next mm-hmm. run may be four hours later. Yeah, and uh, you know, so kudos to what you guys do. Yeah, you take it on back to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> right, that, that's right. Yeah, I didn't think about that because you can. You have so much time in between. Yeah, so, yeah. But appreciate it, Coach. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for giving our subscribers and listeners opportunity to to chime in and to to hear what goes on behind the scenes, but as well what's going on with the program. And thanks, Wyman, for coming on and uh, and thank you for all that you do for Auburn. And uh, we really mean that and, you know, get a chance to catch up here soon. And like I said, my co-host, Justin, has been awesome today. You know, on to victory. This is our podcast. This is, uh, you know, a great show today. I hope everyone enjoyed it. So I like to say War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. This is John Cohen, and I fully endorse On to Victory and its mission to support our student athletes. Let's all do our part and join On to Victory today. War Eagle.